Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hey everyone, Sarah here. As you listen to our episodes recorded during the 2020 global pandemic, just a friendly reminder to check the date stamp on when that episode was released. And we'll also always tell you when it was recorded as well in the show notes and in the episode itself. Things change so quickly these days, including recommendations for health and safety, as well as just our own thoughts and feelings. So you may hear things that feel a bit dated if you're catching up on older episodes. Just know that we're experiencing this in real time, just like you, and that we're working really hard to follow the latest recommendations for the safety of our families and our communities. We're also working hard to bring you timely, relevant podcast episodes in a world that's changing really quickly. So just a reminder to listen with that context. Thanks for being here, friends. On to the episode. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 259 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. I'm excited about this episode because you and I have been sharing um, so many little snippets into each other's lives, I feel like, with each other over the last couple of months. And the things that keep emerging are these little things we're doing for ourselves uh, just to kind of bring some comfort into our days. Yeah, you had the idea for this. And I think calling it small comforts is so so perfect because we're not suggesting that the things we're going to talk about today are like going to alter anyone's world. And we know that the world, there's like big stuff going on, but small comforts when you add them up can really help with the way you feel. And also what I love is like a lot of these, we didn't intentionally start to say, I'm going to start this new routine that's going to be comforting. We just like accidentally discovered that we love watching squirrels or whatever. So yes, we, we were joking about the fact that we could do an entire episode just about squirrels and birds because (laughs) our like checking in with each other about the squirrel and bird situation in our yard has become a thing. It's just, I get up in the morning and I look out my window and I see squirrels and birds and it just makes me so happy. And that kind of made us, you know, just have the idea for this topic, which we're actually going to do two episodes because we had so many small comforts and little simple pleasures that there were too many to fit just today. Yeah. And also this has been going on now for a couple of months and, you know, things are going to be pretty slow and getting back to normal. I think, oh, we always should say what day we're recording. We're recording this on May 3rd for the record. Right. Um, Who knows? So I have even found that something that was a small comfort became a comforting part of my routine. And then even that after five or six weeks, you can be ready for another, another little injection in comfort. So I think this is, this will continue to be relevant. Um, and it's always fun to get a peek into other people's lives and like what little things bring them joy. Um, whether that inspires you to do that for yourself, or maybe it just inspires you to notice the little things that are bringing you joy that you're already doing. Yeah. And I think it's a good opportunity to look around and say, this thing didn't seem like much like this didn't, this is not a mind blowing thing that I'm doing. But wow, this is really putting some shape to my day or it's really something that I look forward to or just gives you that kind of moment of Zen, like that mm-hmm. peaceful feeling um, when you're doing it. And that really it's it's important. Um, I also think, Sarah, we had a conversation earlier about 
pain points and how you don't always even know like the keychain. I'm just, this is just an example. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about keychains today, <laughs> but if like the keychain that doesn't work because there's two keys on it uh-huh. and you can't tell which one is your house key, like something like that yes. is the kind of thing I would just live with yep. for way too long. And then I'd si- finally be like, how many minutes and hours of my life mm-hmm. have I been frustrated because I jammed the wrong key in the door? Like yes. that's just a good analogy or metaphor for like those pain points that you ignore for way too long. I just think it's a good opportunity to like look around, see what you're already doing and give yourself some credit for that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and recognize and kind of lean in on the things that you really love. And it's just a good opportunity to look around at what other people are doing, whether it's us, the two of us, or like looking on Instagram to mm-hmm. see how people are spending their time and what's making them happy. Um, so I just think, it's just a fun way to kind of just beef up your own self-care routine. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code MomHour. Okay, Sarah, I'm really excited about this. I had to laugh looking over our list to see that we had a few things that um, are sort of same or are very, you know, <laughs> like that kind of reflect each other's. But I think that's just, it's just a sign of the times and how much we're talking about this stuff. And, and how also there's that collective consciousness where people kind of tend to gravitate towards some of the same things when they're looking for comfort. So I'm going to let you go first and we're going to bop back and forth and just um, share our list. Okay, perfect. So way back at the beginning of this pandemic, we did an episode um, called self-care strategies for stressful times. If you haven't listened, I think that's still a really, it's kind of a different side of the same coin. It's really more about a little bit of deeper self-care and today's small comforts. But in that I talked about two o'clock coffee, which is kind of the point in my day where I'm ready for an afternoon coffee. And it used to be the point in my day where I would get in the car and go get my kids from school. So it kind of marked the end of work ish and then going to get the kids. And so I have kept two o'clock coffee and Brian and I are both working from home. So we have our coffee together. Um, It also is kind of when the kids are done with their online classes. So it's still this kind of weird mark in the day that feels like a break between the middle of the day section and going into afternoon. And so But the small comfort lately is that the weather got really warm a week or so ago, and then it kind of cooled off again. But um, that made me want iced coffee. And we got out our um, cold brew coffee brewing 
contraption. It's not, it's, it's kind of, you have to click on this Amazon link, uh, Megan, and, and I'll link in the show notes, everyone. It's not an appliance you plug into the wall. So there's actually no oh, weird. There, there's, it's basically like, um, you're going to, you're going to brew grounds overnight in cold water. That's how you make cold brew. And you do it in this contraption and then you kind of release the valve and it filters through. It's the kind of thing like, yes, you can do this yourself with coffee filters or a cheesecloth. Like I've looked up how to do it yourself. And when Brian first brought this thing home, I was like, we don't need another coffee contraption, but here's why I've come around to it. We only have to do it about every 10 days. And it brews this in this beautiful carafe, this nice glass carafe that has a lid. And then you keep that in the fridge and that's your cold brew concentrate. And the way cold brew concentrate works is you don't need very much because you end up adding water or milk or ice in some combination to get it how you like it. Um, so we use our regular coffee that we buy at Trader Joe's. The coffee is nothing special, but you grind it coarse and then you let it steep overnight. And then you flip this little thing and it brews into the craft. And then you keep that in your fridge for like as long as it takes to use it up. But it's not something we have to do every day. Um, and then we yeah. got the cold brew in the fridge. And so two o'clock coffee is a small comfort. And then two o'clock iced coffee just felt like a little change. It felt like, ooh, the weather's right. changed and now we can have our iced coffee. So this thing reminds me of like something you'd see at like a church basement, um, <laughs> like gathering. Cause it's big. It looks like, I mean, at least the photo, it looks almost like industrial. Like you'd use it to serve a crowd. It's, and I, I don't think little... it's that big, but it's, it is okay. pretty big, but yeah, I know what you mean, but it's not actually electric, like nothing, right. nothing actually, it's just big enough that you can let a whole, I think it's 40 ounces of water. Yeah. That, and then the carafe looks like a, be- a beaker. Yes, the carafe looks like a science beaker. And the cool thing is that <laughs> lid on top of the carafe also becomes your measuring. So when you go to make your cold brew each day, they tell you it's like one part concentrate to two parts, either water or milk. So and that little the cap of the beaker becomes your little measure, you know, like um, yeah. so you fill it up to the line and then you fill up your water. And I don't know any any um, beverage ritual is a small comfort to me. But this one I, I do recommend. <laughs> I do recommend this um, cold brew coffee maker. And I was a skeptic at first because I was like, well, we don't need this, but it's been great. Right. So that's mine. Huh. All right. Well, mine. My first one is going in a very different direction and I need <laughs> to give you some background. Um I came of age in the 90s. I graduated high school in 1994 and I loved 80s music a lot and was unprepared, I think, for the shift <laughs> in sensibilities around music going into the early 90s. I was a very sunny, cheerful little thing. And so all the angst behind like alternative rock and um, grunge was yeah. like completely lost on me. Like not just lost on me, but I found it difficult to listen to. Like I just, it did nothing for me at all. I still so, feel that way. Sorry, Nirvana. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. No, Nirvana. I was like, meh, whatever. Like Stone Temple Pilots. Cool. I guess I just, I could never get excited about it. And so I kind of suffered a little bit as, as glam and like me- hair metal faded out and po- like that eighties pop sound. Yep. And then there was nothing to replace it with that I could get excited about until I discovered country music. So from like 1994 to like 98, 99, I was all in on like what I think now is probably the best new country era was like the late 90s. Because you still had some of the influence of like the old stuff mm-hmm. and it hadn't gone completely pop yet. It hadn't gone completely crossover. Like now it just all sounds like crossover to me, but it was just this like this like little golden age where the le- the lyrics were super clever and the music was just wholesome. It was just like, and it was, it was, op- it was either, I don't mind sad music. Like I really love romantic, sad songs, mm-hmm. but I don't, but I want it to be like sad for a reason, not just I'm angsty. Cause I don't really like my life that much because <laughs> the man's trying to get me down or whatever. So anyway, so I just found so much comfort in that. And I have found myself now diving deep, deep back into nineties country music which has been really fun because the stuff, you know, it's not to say I never hear it anymore, but the stuff you tend to hear, just like with any era, you hear the same stuff over and over. Yeah. Like they just play whatever was the, you know, the top, like it's all Shania Twain and it's, it's like in Tim McGraw and I don't have anything against them. It's just not when I want to go deep. I want to go deep. Like I want right. that song. It's like the things that only the very tip top sort of yeah, like exactly. remains at the through. surface. And then you forget yeah. about the, the stuff that was popular, but maybe not that popular. Right. Well, and that didn't last for whatever reason. So I want, I wanted to hear music that was going to take me back to what it was like to be 17 and Mm -hmm. like driving around in my first car, 
feeling like, you know, like the world was my oyster. Right. And that music just brings me back to that time. So I have gone deep. Um, I have, I, I'm going to share a playlist. I'm I'm not going to make any promises, but I might put together a playlist because you and I were laughing about this earlier where I get really mad when someone does something like puts together a nineties playlist and then there's music on it from the eighties or the two thousands. That makes me really irritated or, you know, so I'm trying to decide what would be the most relevant music to someone who is maybe just dipping their toes in that era. Uh, but I remember like to the year when a lot of these songs came out. So I'm not going to make any promises. That is a very Enneagram <laughs> one thing for you to get your, you know, your a bee in your bonnet about. It's like something right. that, that would make me irritated, but it's it's just unique to you and 90s country just, music. If you're going to put together a playlist, have some pride in your work and do your research. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So if I put together a playlist, if I don't, I'll find one and just share it. There's plenty of them out there, but mine might be more accurate and better. So (laughs) I will take a look. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that anyone could think about the music they were listening to when they were 15, 16, 17 years old, riding around in their first car, in their friend's car. And if you found a playlist that encapsulated that music for you, I cannot imagine that that would be anything other than like a huge grin on your face mood booster. Absolutely. So for me, yeah. so it doesn't have to be country for you. Right. Like it could be anything. Well, right. I like nineties country too, but I came to my country appreciation either earlier than that. Cause I grew up with my parents listening to like seventies and early eighties country yeah. music. And then later my country rediscovery was like early aughts. But um, for me, that would be Ani DeFranco, Indigo Girls, Patty Griffin, like Lilith Fair staples and then with some weird other things mixed in there, um, like maybe Dave Matthews band and like Peter Gabriel and like, I don't know, mm. there just would be, I have some mixtapes that I could probably recreate as Spotify playlists that would just be, yes. Oh, Tracy Chapman. There would just be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Any era. And I, you could just as easily go back to when you were like 12 and you remember what it felt like to listen to your boombox yeah. and ride around on your bike. That aged me, by the way, that reference, because there's probably people <laughs> listening right now who, when they were 12, had a cell phone or an iPod. Yeah. But, you know, it's so fine. that was my 12 year old experience. It's but fine. yeah, I just think there's something to looking back at times of your life when things felt easy mm-hmm. and fun and like innocent and and just rediscovering that music. Yes, I love that. Um, okay. Well, my next one is also your next one. So we will just lean <laughs> in hard on bird feeders. Get buckle up, everyone. Get sit, back, up. get sit back and get comfortable as we try not to spend the entire hour talking about bird feeders and squirrels. Um, so in terms of a small comfort, I um wanted to get bird seed right at the beginning of all this. I had the idea, probably like a million other people. Um, the birds, the chirping starts early in the spring here. Um in Southern California. And I've never had, we've never really had a bird feeder in our backyard, but we have lots of birds. I was honestly blown away at how many more types of songbirds show up in my yard because we have the bird seed. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I thought, cause we see them flitting around. We see them in the trees and we would look at them, but now we are, we are bird watchers. So the funny part was I ordered like an like a big bag of bird seed, but the bird feeder itself was on back order for like a month. Well, eventually that came, but for a while we were just sort of sprinkling bird seed. Um, we have an app that I will link to called Merlin. Um, Kelsey from girl next door podcast recommended it, but it's Merlin bird ID or something like that. And I'll link it up in the show notes. It definitely has the word Merlin in it. So you can identify birds, but we mostly just watch them and they go through so much bird seed. And then you and I, I know you're going to talk about squirrels, but, um, I have been joking. (laughs) Why would you assume that Sarah? (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I have only a fraction to say about squirrels as you do. So I'll leave that. I'll leave the squirrel department to you. But, um, what's funny is I have been saying that we only have one squirrel in our backyard because squirrels are not as widespread in this where I live as they are. Like I've lived in the Midwest where there's like 40 squirrels on your yard. And I know what that looks like and what it sounds like and, you know, how they can be annoying at times. But I've been joking this whole time that we literally have one squirrel because I only ever see one at a time. I did the other day see two. So I have verification that there is at least like a population of squirrels, but it seems to be much smaller than what you've got going on over there. So I guess the small comfort is noticing birds, noticing squirrels, feeding backyard wildlife, and having the time to look out the window and care yes. 
what little creatures are in your yard. You and I've had so many funny like memes and gifs about this. Like I remember one day I sent you the Cinderella one where she's like waking up and there's like birds yes. like in her room. <laughs> like, like all the wildlife. Yes, yes. We're turning that's what we're turning into over here. I totally agree. I'll just finish by saying I will link to my bird feeder, but that's not really the point. I think the point is the discovery that this is even a pastime, which is both like sweet and funny and poignant and a sign of the times. But I will link it up in the yeah. show notes and it's it's a lovely fine bird feeder. Well, and it's like, you know, the fact that I don't have to. So I'll, I'll give you like the lay of the land here um, in my new house. My bedroom is pretty big and I am surrounded on all sides by windows, which still have no curtain, like no window treatments because I ordered online, but they haven't come yet. And and then even when they come, I mean, let's be honest, how long is it going to take me to get them up? <laughs> so what I do is I just skulk around after dark. I just make sure all the lights are off when I'm in my pajamas and then like slide into bed. And then, you know, so, so the neighbors don't get a show. Um, but the, what the lovely thing about it is that I feel like I'm in the trees. Yeah. I've never quite lived in a house like this before where I'm on the second floor on a lot that is surrounded by trees. And the bird is like, the bird situation is intense. And the squirrels. And I have a little deck outside my bedroom window. So when I wake up in the morning, I would wait, I would look out the window and I'd see all these birds flying around. And I thought, what if I just put a feeder? It's like 10 feet from my face right now. I'm in bed. So I decided to hang a feeder. Um, the one I got for up here is a platform feeder. So it's just like um like a little wood platform with mm-hmm. a screened bottom. And then I bought like a hook to hang it off the side of my deck with. And it, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is turn my face and I see usually birds, sometimes squirrel <laughs> um, out that window. And then I also got one for my first floor kitchen windows. I also have big windows in my kitchen to this one, like sticks on with suction cups and it's clear. Yes. So the birds, like you can see them really, really clearly and they're both really cool. Um, However, I don't know, since we're going to do a whole nother episode about squirrels, I think, I think maybe we're going to start I'll maybe like a short. web TV series. I'm going yes. to start a spinoff show about <laughs> squirrels. <laughs> so I have this situation in my yard where I have black squirrels with red tails. I, and the funny thing is if I'm walking the dog and I'm across the street, they're black squirrels. If I'm across the street in the other direction, they're gray squirrels. It's like on my property, there are these weird hybrid squirrels. And they're very aggressive and they have figured out how to get into the squirrel or into the bird feeders. Um, with the platform feeder, it's fine. Like this, there's this one little guy, I think it's the same squirrel, but I can't tell for sure. He keeps coming over and he just eats all the sunflower seeds and he goes away. And then the, you know, finches come and they eat some, and then like the cardinals come and like a, there's a big blue jay who visits every now and then and scares the other birds away. But for the most part, they're all sharing pretty well on that one. Mm-hmm. The one downstairs, unfortunately, the squirrel fellow keeps throwing his body into it. Like he jumps out of a nearby tree. And so like, if I'm in the kitchen, I'll hear this thunk against the window. It sounds like when a bird flies it's into your like window. It's like a flying squirrel, but he, he is. is. <laughs> He's jumping out of a tree. He lands right inside the feeder. And sometimes he sticks the landing and that's great. But sometimes <laughs> his little bottom feet start scrambling around and he knocks the tray off the feeder. So now it's becoming kind of like, you know, they, they say squirrels are jerks. And yeah, I mean, now I'm starting to see it. You it and I have be been cute. very now pro starting squirrel to annoy me. up to this point. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I feel like he's ruining it for everybody. Like, I don't know. Like, so don't be a jerk. Yeah. Guy. Don't be a jerk squirrel. Like just, just don't wreck it. I have another feeder for you on the other side of the house. Just go around. It's going to be fine. So yeah, that's where we are. And I just agree, Sarah, that like, these are not things I love. I've always loved birds. I've always loved animals, but I've not taken the time or felt like I had the time to lounge around in the morning and just stare out the window yeah. or sit around in the afternoon, staring out my kitchen window. I just, I always have felt busy. Like and like, it's something I need to get to eventually and I don't get to it. And yeah. now I feel like what else is there to do? Of course, I'm going to stare at my window and look yeah. at birds. Well, now so. I have a question now that you kind of, we both have kind of our like baseline established. Do you have any, do you have another feeder or another, um, another thing that you're interested in or are you done feeding the critters? Well, I did buy, now this is one of those, um, pandemic purchases, like impulse buys that made me laugh. I did buy a hummingbird feeder, but I bought it like the second, well, no, I bought it the third week of March. I bought it like immediately as soon as things started closing down. I mean, in Michigan, um, pro tip, the hummingbirds aren't really out in March Mm -hmm. so much because they're warm weather animals. So I've been, I've had this hummingbird feeder just sitting on my kitchen counter now for six weeks, just waiting to go up. I'll probably, 
I'll probably put it up this weekend. I don't know that they probably won't be out for another month, but that sounds fun to me. And then once we're outside more, spending more time out on the deck, I think I'm going to be able to locate like where would be the best watching and then choose just the right feeder for that. Yeah. You know, for that environment. Yeah. No, so, I love that. What we, about you? Do you yeah, have another well, plan? Well, hummingbirds are, they seem like they're year round here and so much so that they're not even that unusual and they come into our yard kind of often anyway. So that's why I prioritized like the little songbird and the bird seed. Cause that seemed like a little bit more novel, but yeah, I think we could get a hummingbird feeder up. Um, this is only tangentially related, but I used to always do in the spring with my kids, the thing where you buy caterpillars in the mail and then let them turn into butterflies yeah. and release them. Oh, I thought them. about that too. Yeah. And I don't think it's too late to do that. Um, we have a cool spring here. Usually we ha- it got hot for a little bit, but um, I have to look into it. It might be too late, but um, that would be really fun. I, my kids are getting older, but I think they would still, again, it's the watching and the having the time to observe and notice um, that I think that would be really fun. And then shout out to my sister who lives outside Kansas City. And she had a mama bird build a nest on her front door wreath. And then she was able to move the wreath. You know how some front doors have like glass window panes on either side. So she was carefully able. She didn't want opening and closing the door to disturb the nest. So she was able to move the wreath um, in front of the glass pane, which means that they can be inside their house and peek out into this nest that has five Aww. eggs in it. So like people all I over the that. country baby are turning. Bird. Yes. Yeah. So we don't have, we don't have any babies. There is a nest in one of our really big tomato plants, but it's like the kind of nest that you can't see into. It's like, um, it looks like a beehive, but it's not, it's, it's some kind of little bird. So anyway, there's a lot of um, building going on under the deck. That's mm-hmm. right outside my bedroom door. So when we're hanging out outside on the deck, like when it's warm enough to do that regularly, I have a feeling we're going to see some action. Yes. Like some so, egg action in some there. Egg action. And, one other sense, you know, we've already dug deep on this. I'm just going to say one other thing that I think is so fun about getting really up close. Like if you have the opportunity to put a bird feeder right outside of a window where the birds can't really see you to get spooked, yeah. but you can see them. Like, it's just so interesting to watch their behavior in a yeah. way that you wouldn't otherwise have been able to. So for example, just, just now, uh, Mr. Cardinal, who looks so funny. I love Cardinals. They look just like goofballs. He was sitting on the feeder <laughs> And I was watching him eat a seed and thinking he looks just like Cookie Monster. Like, oh my they put the seeds in their mouth and, and they go, they nom, nom, nom. and like half the seeds come back out. And I'm not even sure what he's swallowing. And I never would have, oh, he's back. I never would have had that opportunity to get so close without him being scared off. But he has no idea I'm here. Um, so. I'm jealous of the bright colors. We don't have cardinals and blue jays the way you do. We have we have little, little tiny songbirds and some of them have a splash of red or a splash of yellow, but there's nothing like, we just don't, it's just not a thing that we have. We have other, other cool things, but not those bright. You have other cool things, but Michigan has to have something. Yeah. So get it. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. I think it's back to me again, since that was both of our, we both had much to say. So another small comfort for me has been, um, drive by birthday parades in the neighborhood. And I'm sure everyone has done or seen these by now. Um, it's so funny. There have been so many birthdays in my neighborhood of kids in, in the second half of April that who knew all of our kids were born in the last two (laughs) weeks of April. Um, to the point that like toward the end of April, Allegra's birthday is at the very end of the month. And another neighbor was like the very beginning of May. And we were almost like apologetic, like, sorry guys, can we do this one more time for one more kid? But here's the thing. Nobody minds. We don't have anything to do. So the way it works in my neighborhood, everyone kind of has some kind of decoration. They'll either like dangle a balloon out the window or blow bubbles or, you know, nobody has like gone over the top, but you decorate or, you know, make your car festive in some way. And you drive slowly down the block past the birthday kid's house and we honk or play music, yell happy birthday. We've started going around the block twice because it's like a lot, you know, it's like what one little pass by and then it's over. Um, but it has just been really heartwarming and, um, really fun to see how many like it's almost makes it more fun that we've done it so many times because everybody gets a turn and then like when it was Allegra's turn she knew exactly what it it wasn't a surprise like she knew exactly what it was going to be like and it's you know that phrase new normal is getting thrown around so often and it's kind of cliche but it is it it is a a thing we will remember about birthdays this spring um and my kids kind of like know the drill I'll put it on the whiteboard like oh we've got a birthday parade today and they're like get in the car and we go do it it takes five (laughs) minutes but I don't know it's just something sweet about it so neighbor birthday parades have been fun love it okay well this has been really fun so far hopefully we didn't ramble on too long about squirrels and birds but you know what um just buckle up because we (laughs) will have more to say in a future episode I'm sure 
We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full-body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so Megan, it is your turn. What is another small comfort from your house? So this is, you can file this under things I've wanted to do and fantasized about doing forever and just never seem to get on top of. Um, And it's starting seeds indoors. So I have always been a rather half-hearted gardener. Like I will always put out some plants um, in containers depending on the size of my yard. I have done some vegetable gardening in the past and um, some container vegetable gardening mm-hmm. in the past. Um, but I usually like forget to get started until it's kind of too late to start the seeds indoors. And then I'm buying seedlings, which is kind of expensive. And it just, it's never really, it's just never gelled for me, at least not in the past 10 years or more, um, that I've actually started a garden. Okay. But you know, right now everyone's trying to get their victory gardens yeah. going. And I think there's some, something really cool about that. Mm-hmm. Like not being reliant on supply chain or the grocery store or, or even having to leave the house to make yourself a salad. So I have like a little mini greenhouse and I started a bunch of seeds indoors last week. And it's been so fun like um, to watch them sprout. They're really cute. They seem, mostly seem to be doing well. Some of them I've never, some of them are things I've grown before. I've grown herbs, I've grown um, lettuces and things, but I'm growing a few things I've never grown. So I don't really know what to look for. And it's just been kind of fun. And I was joking with you and Kelsey, I don't know, the other day that I baby them ridiculously. <laughs> like it's basically become my other job besides bird watching is I've got um, a lamp inside the greenhouse and I move it down. So like I'm like on a three hour, it's almost like a feeding schedule with oh, a baby. Oh my gosh. I am going through and moving the light down like every three hours so that all of the, all the seedlings get the equal amount of light. And I'm, you know, checking in on them pretty often. It's just been really fun. And I have, you know, I'm going to have to put them out in like two more weeks, I think is when most of the transplanting starts and who knows what kind of crop I'll get, but it's been fun to just kind of try something new and maybe approach it a little more seriously than I have in the past. Cause it's definitely been something I've been interested in. Um, so. so this is where I am a total Californian and I don't really understand. I've never done seedlings indoors, especially with any kind of like a greenhouse effect. So yeah. can you just like, how is it a greenhouse? Sure. You have well, a warm I mean, light. 
Yes. So and in Michigan, of course, we have a we have a really short we have a short growing season. Yeah. Um. So a lot of the ways people get around that is by sowing seeds indoors inside some kind of greenhouse. This is just a little plastic house. Like it's like a little like zip up. It, it's almost like the thing your mattress um cover comes in. Okay. You know what I mean? That plasticky, it's like that about that weight. Okay. And it zips that way, but it's like it's on a little frame. Okay. And I have read that you don't have to have a light. I just happened to have an old light lying around that we used to use in our gecko's cage, our our um ill-fated gecko. <laughs> okay. And I also joked that it didn't do a good job keeping the gecko alive, but maybe <laughs> it'll do better for um these seeds. So I just literally hung it. Like I just or clipped it. I just clipped the gecko light onto the bar across the top of the greenhouse. Okay. Now, I don't know that you need that. Like, I think if I'd waited another week or two, I probably just could have put it outside in the sun. And then the little greenhouse just keeps them warmer. Okay. And kind of like concentrates the light coming through. Um, it would be too cold for me to put anything out just now. No, that's not true. There's a few things. I could put the kale out. There's a few things that I could put out at this point. But, um, but for the most part, you're going to need something to keep the seeds warm while they germinate because the weather will, will still be getting nighttime frost right. until like the middle of May. Wow. So you don't want them to get, you know, yeah. the frostbite. And yeah. Die. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's how that works. Your baby seeds. Yeah. I love it. My baby little seedlings. Okay. Well, another one for us, this just started and this was like, I go through these manic periods where I don't care at all if my children are learning anything. And then I get like a little burst of like, homeschool enthusiasm or like, um, not even a homeschool, like, you know, unschooling, like let's learn about the world type of right thing that I get all inspired by. So I decided a couple of weeks ago that we were going to do lunch and learns as a family. And what that means is that anyone can sign up, but basically after lunch, not every day, but many days of the week, one of the kids or Brian or I can teach a very short lesson in anything to the rest of the family. And I mean anything. You could teach, um, you know, like how to make a smoothie. You could teach how to, um, you know, do something like around the house, like how to. Oh, I Reed's going to teach us how to pump up a bike tire because he's the one who knows, you know, little skills like that um, or something that they've learned at school or whatever. And so far, it has been very sweet. Like Violet will sign up to um, lead us in stretching, which is kind of adorable and actually kind of feels good. I mean, like no one else is making me stretch midday. Um, Reed did. He wanted to teach us Google Earth, which have you ever played around with Google Earth? Like for real, Megan, like how you can zoom down into like anywhere in the world. And I kind of knew about it, but like and then he he picked Pompeii as like the place he was going to show us. And then he took us down into Pompeii and like showed us around an ancient city. No, I haven't done it globally like that. I've done it like to check out people's neighborhoods. Yeah. Like you can, you can go anywhere in the world. And then once you get down to the street level view, you're looking at actual like people's photos. So it uses like satellite imagery when you're up high. And then when you go all the way down, it's aggregating actual humans photos. And so certain places have more, photo tours than others. Like if, if no one has actually taken photos or submitted them, or I don't know, tagged them, geotagged them or whatever, there might not be much to see after you get past the satellite level, but either way, it's really cool. So lunch and learns, we have a sign up sheet on the fridge. Anyone can sign up to teach anything. And it's just been kind of a cute way to like, again, break up the day get the kids excited about um, sharing something that they've learned. It hasn't been particularly academic. Like they're not really teaching us something they learned in school. Um, right. I noticed Brian signed up to teach how to replace a roll of toilet paper. So I'm thinking oh my that maybe so this um, is being used for like life skills. Of, yeah. yeah. Life skills. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, lunch and learns. I don't know if it'll stick forever. It's the kind of thing that I get these ideas. And then if I don't have mass adoption, it's not worth it to me to keep pushing at it, but it felt fun. And it's been fun to see the different things the kids have signed up to teach. And I, I really do believe that when kids teach something to others, it is really good for their own learning and their own communication skills. And, um, so I do feel like that is actually like a classroom skill that I think is good for them, even if the thing that they're teaching isn't in their curriculum. So. Well, Clara has been teaching herself to do the splits. <laughs> okay. Like that's one of her ongoing goals that uh-huh. she's been working on, both both the, you know, side splits and the, yeah. I guess, front to back splits. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm curious what her, you know, strategy or her tactics are around that. Um, she is super flexible and I'm not at all. And I've never been able to do the splits, but you know, maybe she could teach me. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Lunch Sounds unlikely, learn. but I'll, <laughs> I'll try. And I'd be like having a bite and then getting down on the floor and doing the splits. Yeah. Yeah. This might have to be like an after lunch learn. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, this is kind of ties in with lunch. Um, my next one is pancakes. I have made a ridiculous, ridiculous number of pancakes over the past nine. Oh, what has it been now? Seven, eight, nine weeks. I don't even know. Um, my kids were joking that they've like their pancake consumption, like their blood pancake level <laughs> has never been this high. And I think they love it. Like they, and I don't, I do them. So I have the kids here, um, Sundays, like reliably Sunday through Wednesday afternoon. So like, usually I don't do, I don't usually do it every single day. So I'll probably do it three out of those four days. But if I had the kids on Saturday, then I'd usually add a day. So I'm literally getting up and it's usually more like brunch time. It's not really breakfast. Mm -hmm. It's more, you know, so after I kind of get my morning stuff done and the kids kind of do all their morning school stuff and then I'm, you know, wander down to the kitchen, I've usually done the breakfast dishes and stuff like that. Then I just start making this epic pancake feast. And sometimes I serve it with bacon or sausage, sometimes eggs, um, sometimes just pancakes. I've tried different kinds of pancake recipes and I don't know what it is about like to me, pancakes are ultimate comfort food. Yeah. I don't even eat that many of them. I don't like, I find them very filling. So I might eat one or two at the most, but the kids love coming in and seeing a big stack of pancakes. Yeah. It's just, it feels special. And it's just become this little ritual we can all kind of look forward to. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I it's one of those kind of silly things that I just kept, I started doing, I bought um early on, I went shopping at Costco and bought an enormous bag of this of uh, not this quick, but crusties, yeah. uh, pancake mix. And it, it's one of those pancake mixes that's really easy to use. And so mm -hmm. that was when I started doing them. And then I was like, I might as well just do this every day. It makes everyone yeah. so happy. And I love, I love the satisfaction of making a good pancake. Like mm -hmm. there's something I agree. like perfecting that mm -hmm. it feels really good and it's simple. You just stand there. It's kind of meditative. Mm -hmm. You just stand there and flip the pancake and throw it on a plate and like do the next one. I don't know. I've really gone all in. I've all gone in. all in on pancakes. All yeah. in on pancakes and squirrels. I think we just have our episode yep. title now. Yep. Pancakes and squirrels. <laughs> no, I also love pancakes. Um, we're not doing them every day, but I'm I'm here for that. I, I endorse this message. Um, okay, well, my last small comfort for today is about as simple as it gets, and that is picking flowers from my yard and putting them in a small vase. Now, I have always loved bud vases and small bouquets my whole life. I don't know where that comes from. There's of course like a giant bouquet of flowers is beautiful, but I have always loved like tiny miniature things mm -hmm. and small vases or jars filled with little clippings just makes me so happy. So they're so sweet. There's, there's, there yes. is a sweetness. And I them. think yeah. aesthetically, it's a lot easier to make something look pretty when you're dealing with less, fewer leaves and mm -hmm. less greenery and they don't have to look, you know, perfect or uniform. So we do have blooms all year round in Southern California, but we, we also get, you know, things like ramp up in the spring. So around the perimeter of my very small yard, I mean, our, our lot sizes are very small here. So small backyard, small front yard. We do have some rose bushes, um, of different kinds. I have a few rose bushes, my best rose bushes in terms of how they look and smell are not very prolific. They make like one mm. flower every two weeks and I get super excited. And then we have these other types of roses. I think they're called iceberg roses that they're very prolific, but they're not as pretty. They're kind of like, they just, they make a wall of white and they're, they're pretty in mass, but they're not like a rose that you pick and it smells really nice. Um, and then we have other things. We have some Jasmine and we have some just other random little pretty things. And so I have some, I have a very narrow windowsill above my kitchen sink, like just, just, I don't know, two and a half inches, maybe deep. So I can put a little bud vase there, or I might put one, you know, on the kitchen table in a Mason jar or yeah, but picking flowers mm. and, you know, curating that around my house is definitely, I always find myself doing that in the spring, but this spring, you know, even more. It feels more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, this time of year in Michigan, we, um, certain wildflowers, like the little delicate ones that don't really do well yeah. in vases, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they don't have long enough stems. Those are kind of abundant. And then 
you're starting to see like blossoms on trees. So if you have access yeah. to a tree that you can get a branch or two off, like apple blossoms oh, yeah. or magnolias. Um, and then there's lots of tulips and um, daffodils. So those kinds of flowers mm -hmm. are pretty abundant and pretty soon the lilacs will start. But like we've got another probably month before there's going to be a lot of variety, but it is fun. It looks very springy to mm -hmm. have around here. There, uh, It's just yellow daffodils everywhere. Yeah. So like filling um, a vase with yellow daffodils yeah. is really fun. And I was poking around my backyard yesterday and the lady in the next backyard saw me and introduced herself over the fence. And that was kind of nice because it just gave me a reason to be, our backyard is it's almost like a ravine. It, it's like very rough and it goes down okay. a hill. So it's not the kind of yard you would just like hang out in exactly. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to have a reason to be kind of, I don't know, just like poking around back yeah. there and talk to her. So picking flowers is also a great like preschool, kindergarten kid job. Mm. Um, you can give them little scissors and, um, you know, depending on if there's our, some of our rose bushes have crazy thorns. So you'd, you'd have to think about that, but Otherwise, it's like it's a good um, fine motor for their little hands. And, you know, it's not hard to put together a pretty bouquet. So that is a great little activity for a kid or to do with a kid, too, because I think everybody it's, there's something very Waldorfy or Montessori about that. Yes. So agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, do you have one more to round us out? I have one more. Um, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I am a fan of Fabletics. It's a, an online. Um, it's, not, it's not exactly a subscription the way like Stitch Fix would be, but it's it's like you become a member and then you can order workout and athleisure wear okay. um, at a discounted price. And I actually paused my membership over a year ago because I looked at my drawers and I was like, man, I mean, the abundance of athleisure in this house is just getting ridiculous. <laughs> like, do I actually need these outfits? But I had, so I paused it and then I just decided to re-up and order more leggings because they're really um, doubling down on the leggings with good pockets. Mm -hmm. Not like the little pocket that's in the front. You could put like, I don't know, a key or a credit card right. in it, but like the real pockets on the side yeah. that you can put your whole phone into your whole hand into. Um, and I will say that I am walking so much now and we'll talk a little bit more about walking in the next um, installment of this series. But <laughs> just the fact that I can throw the dog poop bags in one pocket and my phone in the other and go yeah. makes a big difference. Like it just makes the whole thing work. And in, it makes it easy to get out the door and I don't have to overthink what I'm going to wear and yeah. where I'm going to stick stuff. And so there's, that's like one of those weird pain point things like we were talking about. Mm -hmm. If you don't stop yeah. to think, what is the thing keeping me from going on a walk? Oh, well, it's that I have to wear something with pockets and nothing, none of my clothing that is uh, weather appropriate has pockets right now. Then you're not going to go because you want to carry your stuff. Yes. And so it's just like, it solves a little problem. I love and that. I'm a big fan. Well, actually I'm, I'm thinking as you're talking, because when I, I walk almost every day um, and in the winter and spring, my pockets are in on the top half of my body, right? I have my red puffy yeah. vest that I've had for like five years and it has like four pockets or I have a fleece or like a zip up, you know, jacket type thing. And right. then all of a sudden when it gets warm and I don't need that jacket layer, then I'm left realizing how few of my leggings have pockets and really yes. and like, then you're like well I yeah. guess I could like tie my hoodie around my waist and yeah. still stick my stuff in the pocket that's that's a good yeah. way to drop your phone yeah. by the way <laughs> yeah so. so I definitely need my one pair of leggings that has good pockets I just don't like the legging the leggings themselves they're not fabletics um and they I just don't like the leggings themselves and I find myself just wearing them because of the pocket so I might have to check out fabletics the ones that you like and you they've got them like with pockets on both sides and they've got all these different cool styles and different colors. Like they've really, I think they've just realized that's something that people really like. And so yeah. the number of options now has really increased. Yeah. Yes. Well, this has been really fun. Hopefully you all out there are getting some ideas for small comforts to bring into your life. And please tell us what is bringing you comfort. We love to hear from you. So we're always hello at the momhour.com or just find the Instagram or Facebook post for this episode and comment. We're having some great conversations there as well. And we're doing this again next week. So we have another episode of more small comforts coming to you a week from today. So thanks for listening, everyone. And also happy Mother's Day coming up this weekend, depending if you're listening the week this comes out. So just happy yes. Mother's Day to everyone. I hope everyone has a finds a way to make it special um, or to have it be made special for you. And I just was thinking if we're talking silver linings, um, which I like to do sometimes, mm -hmm. um, I was just thinking about all the people all the new moms for whom 
Mother's Day has not changed. Mm-hmm. And they're still having to do a lot of caretaking for other moms. Ah, uh, yes. Which often leads to traveling and doing other things they don't want to do. Yeah. Maybe this is the year you get to change that. You don't have to like drag toddlers to a fancy brunch to celebrate your exactly. mother-in-law. <laughs> is that what you're getting at, basically? <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. And I mean, that was never a problem for me, but I yeah. just know so many moms who are like, but hey, I'm a mom now too. And why am I still go- like putting myself through all this, jumping through all these hoops? to celebrate other moms and doing things I don't really want to do. And, yeah. and Sarah, this is totally off topic, but we've talked before about how hard it can be to change um, holiday yeah. rituals. Yeah. And sometimes like this, there might just be an opportunity. I'm just saying yes, to have a perfect excuse to do things differently, not just this year, but a, forever. A reset. I agree. And I also exactly. think this is the year to buy your own gifts. I have, I've, I've been seeing that already online. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday, when it comes out, you have several more days to pop something in an online shopping cart for yourself and just um, tell whoever asks that Megan and Sarah gave you permission to order, (laughs) (laughs) order yourself a little something special for Mother's Day. I love that. Well, we'll be back with you on Sunday with another Pandemic Perspectives episode. And then, of course, again on Tuesday, as always, we'll talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mama or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.